In today's show, we look back at an action-packed Tuesday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. We've got... 11 games. 11 games on Tuesday for us to talk about. So let's talk about those games right now. First one up is the Denver Nuggets. They uh, they get the victory over the Charlotte Hornets, 117-112. Monty Morris returned. He played only 10 minutes, and he's only going to play 10 to 15 minutes for the rest of the regular season. So uh, he's obviously not an ad, but that helps us with Faku Kompatsu, who played 37 minutes, eight points only, but two threes, six assists, and three steals. Minutes well up, good assists, good steals, must roster player. Maga Porter had 30 and 6 with 6 triples and 2 steals. Another elite shooting night from Porter. While Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. He was great. 30 and 11, 6 assists. No, triple zero is not great. The 16 of 17 from the line is awesome, but he was only 44% shooting. So not his best night, but still really, really good. And we finally got a good Aaron Gordon game. 17 and 6. Three assists and two steals on 57% shooting. I'm not rushing to go and add the 246th ranked player over the last two weeks, but this is obviously a step in the right direction. We'll see what happens over these next couple. Um, Paul Millsap moved out of the starting lineup so Austin Rivers could start. Rivers had two threes and two steals, which is totally fine. He had nine points, but not much else. And he's not a 12-team league guy, especially now that Monty Morris has returned. Well, Millsap had six points and Jermichael Green had 11 in his 22 minutes. For the Hornets, Devontae Graham came back in what was you know, somewhat of a trend, I guess, for these games. His players weirdly returning from injuries and playing a ton of minutes. He played 33 minutes for 31 points with seven triples and five assists. Great shooting, which, of course, we cannot rely upon for Devontae. But, yeah, you add him. If he's going to play that bigger role, sure. PJ Washington Jr., 11 boards, 13 points. I don't know why I said it in that order. 13-11, four assists, four steals, and three blocks. Now, unfortunately, he hit 25% of his shots, which is horrendous. And we know that he does have these games where he just cannot shoot, but filling it up in multiple areas. Top 40 player over the last two weeks. While Rogier had 21, three, and five, and two steals. It wasn't a great game from LaMelo Ball, and by that, it was horrendous in his offensive uh, shooting stuff. Five points on 11%. But he did have 12 boards and 7 assists. Just a stinker of a game. Um, he hasn't been quite at his best since returning from injury. Um, but this was yeah, on the on the bad side. I did posit that maybe going up against Jokic, they'd play traditional centers the whole game. And they pretty much did. 29 minutes for Cody Zeller. 15 and 10 with 2 steals on 78% shooting. Do I trust it in every game as we move forward? No. But looking for a big man stream, Zeller looks to be back in favor. And you could go that direction. I don't think we're going to see Haywood at all. 
in the rest of the regular season, and I'm not sure we see Miles Bridges either. So I think that's going to help because it means Jalen McDaniels plays more at the at the three, and it helps with those minutes for PJ Washington at the four. So I think Zeller could have some value. Monk had just eight points while McDaniels had 15, four, and two. Not a bad game from Jalen in those 25 minutes, but it did come on 78% shooting, just numbers that aren't going to be sustainable. And he's not a must-roster player at, at this point in the season. Let's go on to the next game now. We're looking at the Minnesota Timberwolves, another blowout win for them. 119-100 over the Detroit Pistons. Townsie was great, 28-8-5 with three steals. D'Angelo Russell shot horribly, 28%, but 15-5-10, and 10, three steals, three threes, and a block is a great game. He's been really, really improving of late, but still only the 86th ranked player over the last two weeks, which I guess is a little bit surprising. Not the best um, goose game. I guess you look at it and go, on the surface, 22 points and a plus 30 is really good, and it is. But only two rebounds, two assists. He hit two threes. He had two steals, so that's nice. But yeah, pretty poor from the line, six of nine, and just 44% from the field. And usage down again, which is, I guess, a bit curious as to see where that leads, especially this season, but more into next season if Malik Beasley is back in that lineup. Rubio played 30 minutes. That's a lot. 19 points, three threes, five assists, two steals, and a block. Now that he's back starting over Josh Okogie. There is value in him as a 12-team league guy. Well, Akogi played 14 minutes. And the reliance on Akogi has always been pretty pretty ridiculous to me. And uh, good to see them dropping him off there. While Jared Vanderbilt started, even though Jaden McDaniels was back, but he only played 21 minutes to McDaniels' 26. Now, they split those power forward minutes with Wancho and Gomez only getting 14 minutes. And they played some of those weird you know, three power forward or two power forward type lineups. McDaniels had two steals and three blocks, which is excellent. But only a streamer, while Vanderbilt, I think, can be dropped outside of looking at him as a, as a rebounding option. Naz Reed had 13 points in 14 minutes, and that is a very, very Naz Reed thing to do. For the Pistons, um, Killian Hayes, 36 minutes. Excellent. The shooting, not so much, 39%, but 13, 6, and 7 is solid. But Saban Lee, impressive once more. There was no Hamadou Diallo, who's still in the health and safety protocols. I'm not sure that he returns this year. I'm not sure that Frank Jackson returns with his ankle injury. Saban had 22, 4, and 5, two steals and a block. Now, it's on 78% shooting. has no way of maintaining. But I don't hate looking at Lee as a short-term ad, especially on for a stream option. Him and Hayes, their chemistry together has been really good. Josh Jackson came back from his sore tooth to have 11 points in 24 minutes with three threes, a steal, a block, and shot the ball well, which is not going to be the norm for Josh Jackson. He's a nice points league type of guy, but you don't really trust it. The depressed penis, Sadiq Bey, had 21 points with five threes, and Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. Yeah, the flaming galah had 11 and 8 with two steals, not his best night. Um, and the Pistons got absolutely trucked in this game, while Dumboya had 12-8 and eight in 26 minutes. Again, just tell us that Grant, Plumley, Joseph, Allenton, tell us they're not playing again. That would be great if you could do that. I don't think they're playing again, but we just don't know. And it is extraordinarily frustrating to not have that level of clarity about who is going to be in and who is going to be out. But I'll tell you who it is in, Michelob Ultra, because we are here to talk about the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Michelob Ultra is only worth it if you enjoy it. And with only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, Michelob Ultra is the one for you. Joy, create success and enjoyment. We, we, who doesn't love to have a good time, to enjoy things, and to celebrate? Enjoyment isn't the end game. It is the whole game. Now, who am I going to give the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week to? Let's give it to... Let's give it to D'Angelo Russell, and I don't know why, but mainly because you know, I, I, I was being pretty critical of him, but 
I've been impressed over the last little stretch of time. And another solid game with 10 assists and three steals. The shooting is rough, but yeah, integrating himself into that starting lineup for the Wolves, he's the guy that I'm giving it to because in the end, the award means nothing, but it does mean that you get to enjoy me talking about D'Angelo Russell. So, Michelob Ultra. It is only worth it if you enjoy it. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? D'Angelo Russell is your Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Let's go on to the next game. We'll look at the Miami Heat. They are, or they did, take on the Boston Celtics, and they won at 129-121. It was a bit of a late comeback there for Boston. Miami was up larger than that, and then they lost Jimmy Butler at halftime. He got a poke in the eye. He thinks he'll be fine, so that, that's great news. We'll uh, see how that looks tomorrow. 13 points in 17 minutes for Jim. Tyler Hero started in place of Butler, and we've seen this time and time again, that when Butler is out, Hero steps up. 24-11, four threes in 35 minutes. Great. But if Butler plays, he's very hard to rely upon. While Kendrick Nunn had 18 and 7 with three steals in 33 minutes. It's solid numbers. I don't think Victor Oladipo is playing again this season. Um, but yeah, the, the Heat are being very non-committal on that. We will see where that ends up. Dunk Robinson did his thing. 22 points with five threes. That's great. Well, Dragage had 17 with five threes. The, the Heat were just really, really on. A stinker from Trevor Ariza, though. Four points on 17%. He does have stream value, but he will have these absolute turds. While Adebayo had 22, 7, and 5 with a pair of blocks. Um, yeah, that's about it there. Look, I, I think we still hold none. Um, but again, you're going to be ruthless. And if you need to drop someone, his value is not sky high where you hold on through all circumstances. And the same goes with Hero, who was really good here. And if Butler does miss, their value does improve pretty clearly. For the Celtics, Kemba Walker, 38 minutes, 36, 7, and 4 with four threes. And that includes a trip to the locker room where he hurt his shoulder early. So I think playing that many minutes would indicate that maybe he's not ready to go for tomorrow. And uh, Brad Stevens said similar stuff to that after the game. Like, oh, we want to win these games, but also we've got to make sure we're doing the right thing by our players' bodies. Tatum had 33-8-6 with five threes, and Evan Fournier, another really full line. And again, these games where Evan Fournier blocks two shots are amazing. 20 points, four triples, four rebounds, eight assists, a steal, two blocks. The Jalen Brown absence is going to help. His value, yeah, he's a must-roster guy. Neesmith had six points. Um... That's cool. 10 points for Smart with five assists. Still need a little bit more out of Marcus Smart there. While Tristan Thompson played 28 minutes, it was pretty piss poor, let's be honest. Two points, three rebounds with two steals. Not that he was terrible on court, but those those numbers are, are pretty rough. I don't think we're getting Robbie Williams back tomorrow, but we very well could, so we just need to pay attention to that. The next game, the LA Clippers. They uh, beat the Raptors pretty easily, 115-96. There in the end, Kawhi had 20 and 7 with five assists. And Zubats, who is going to be the Clippers starter the rest of the season and in the playoffs, 18 and 10 in 30 minutes. Good game from Zubats. Still thick. He's been underutilized at times, but this was great. Interestingly, they put Terrence Mann back in the rotation, played him 21 minutes. He had 20 points. He didn't miss a single shot, 7 of 7 from the field and 5 of 5 from the line, but really, actually, not impossible to trust that. It's impossible. Paul George was subpar. He's been shit out the last couple of weeks. 16 points, four rebounds, four assists, two threes on 33%. While Marcus Morris also a little bit down, 14-2-1, not a must-roster player. Patrick Beverly started, played 21 minutes, missed all of his shots, but had six rebounds, while Reggie Jackson went from 30 minutes down to 18 minutes. A curious drop in his production, especially with someone like Terrence Mann playing over him. Uh, of course, Luke Kennard, just some garbage time minutes, and we didn't really see much Marcus Morris, just seven minutes for him. Now, I teased it earlier on, talking about Devontae Graham and players coming back from knee injuries, playing a lot of minutes. Chris Boucher came back from an MCL sprain, played the most minutes on the team, which is absolutely stunning to me. Now, I said before the game, someone asked me on Twitter, I said on the pregame show, I don't expect him to play a huge amount of minutes if he's back. It's curious that they're starting him. I don't know why they're bothered, but I'm completely wrong. I, 
again, logic would dictate to me that your season is done. You've packed it in. The bloke's coming off an MCL sprain. So if you're going to play him, which didn't make sense to begin with, you would play him low minutes. But no, 37 minutes is insanity to me. And I think Nick Nurse is a good coach. This is insane. Um, 16 and 7 on some pretty poor shooting, but two threes are still on a block. If he's going to play this much, yeah, mate, he's an absolute ad. Fred Gillespie, Dizzy had 10 and 7 in 25 minutes with three blocks. Good numbers for him, while Birch had 13 and 4. It's not too bad. We're still holding him. Flynn, 11, 3 and 4 with two steals and a block and three threes is really good production. I don't expect Lowry and Van Vliet to play again, but we just don't know. Just tell us your dickheads. While Gary Trent did the Gary Trent thing, he is not good. Well, he's not consistently good anyway. Nine points on 19%. This is why I am being so out on him as a must-roster player all season. I don't give a shit what his opportunity is, what his minutes are, what his usage is. He just doesn't contribute in enough areas, and he's wildly streaky. Now, he'll come out and have 30 points on 80% shooting in the next game, almost guaranteed. But this is the shit that he does. Nine points on 19%. Rough game from Watanabe. While uh, Jalen Harris impressed me again. 10-3-4 with two steals. Deeper leagues, I think you want to be adding him. But again, they could all go to shit if Siakam, Lowry, Ananobi, Van Vliet, if those guys return. I don't think they will, but they could. And uh, yeah, that's we just, just tell us. Toronto, what are you hiding from? Just tell us that they're out. It'd be great if I could know that. And I know you don't give a shit about fantasy, but just tell us. Just tell us what's going on. Why aren't these... Not why aren't they playing. Just tell us they're done. Same with you, Detroit, rather than this bullshit um, yeah, day-to-day whatever it is that, that, uh, that you go through, uh, the, the questionable tag and all that sort of nonsense that does go on with these guys. Guys, Bilt Bar, it's the best-tasting protein bar ever. And they have nine delicious flavors available at the moment. Coconut, cherry... Mint brownie, salted caramel, just to name a few. If you don't know what your favorite flavor is, you can just order a mixed box where you get 18 bars, nine flavors, two of each flavor. Try them and see how you go. And most of these flavors, 17 grams of protein with just only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. All nine amazing flavors are tasty. They taste like candy bars, and they are all healthy. So get whatever it is you want, get whatever flavor that you like, and order it today. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. The promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. Get all of the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. And talking about sign up bonuses, if you use our promo code locked on, you can sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's move on. Next game. The Dallas Mavericks absolutely shit-mixed by the Memphis Grizzlies, 133-104. Josh Richardson played only 22 minutes. The four steals and a block are nice, but this was just a rough game in general. Willie Cauley-Stein had 16-8 and in his 15 minutes in the start for Porzingis, while Dwight Powell played 11 minutes before being ejected. Now, Powell was on an absolute roll, as we talked about on the Hot Streaks player show earlier today. Uh, he was nowhere near that today and then ejected, so we'll see what that leads to. Um, this is how bad this game's out of hand. Nate Hinton played eight, game, eight minutes. 
Doncic was terrible, 12-5-5, and a triple zero, bad shooting, just a rough night from him. Uh, Timmy Hardaway, probably the only guy that can hold his head high with 19 points and three threes, or maybe Brunson with his 15. Hardaway does have 12-team value, especially considering the Mavericks do play Wednesday, but a lot of these blokes would want to turn this around. Muxy Kleber returned. He had just three minutes, sorry, three points in 14 minutes as he returned from that uh, Achilles soreness, but just a dreadful game from the Mavericks. And JJ Reddick hurt his heel again, and he's already been ruled out for Wednesday. For the Grizzlies, great stuff from Ja Morant. 24-7-8, great shooting, 54%, 88 from the line. Really, really good to see him put in that good game after the, a stinker yesterday. Well, Dylan Brooks also was pretty good. 22 points, just missed, missed the Richie Benno, but he had a non-conventional Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. Two threes, two rebounds, two assists, and two blocks. He also added three steals, shot poorly, but we know that's going to happen. And then we also had Brandon Clark chip in with another big defensive game. Two steals and a block, 14 and 9 in 19 minutes. Now, it helps, of course, that Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson were out, but Clark looks like he's maintained his rotation spot. The cashier, Xavier Tillman, just 9 and 6 in his 23, while Bain had three points in 11 minutes. And, of course, DeAnthony Melton was... Plus 23, almost a team best, but played only 18 minutes because, um, and I was going to say Taylor Jenkins hates winning, but they won by a lot here. But it's just continually frustrating, especially when John Conchar plays 26 minutes. Now, Conchar did well, eight points on 70% with two threes, six rebounds and three assists, but just get the bloke in there who's the better player. And that's DeAnthony Melton. I don't know why that's a hard concept. 15-4-2 for Kyle Anderson. Pretty solid as well. We expect Valanchunas and Jackson to both play on Wednesday after sitting this one out. The next game, the Brooklyn Nets and the Chicago Bulls. The Nets win it. Now, the Nets were up pretty big in this one, and um, the Bulls came back to make it, what, an eight-point margin in the end. So, um, yeah, the, the score here, I guess, doesn't quite reflect the how the game looked early on, but you know, credit to the Bulls for that um, for that big comeback there. Um, let's look at how it went. Uh, Kyrie Irving copped a hit in the head. 21 minutes. They said he doesn't show any concussion symptoms, but his x-ray was inconclusive. So you'd have to think that his status for Wednesday is in doubt. We also don't know about Blake Griffin and Kevin Durant. They're not saying, they're not ruling them out just yet. I don't think they play. There is also talk, and I've mentioned this quite a few times, um, that James Harden might return. But then, as I talked about on the pregame show today, the, the quote from Steve Nash was, oh, we, we want to get him in for at least one of the last three games. So that to me means they target Saturday for that return for Harden, but he could be back in this one. Nick Claxton played 23 minutes, which is always awesome. 10 and 10 with two blocks. Like, just give the dude 24 minutes a night. It's not really that hard. And if Griffin sits out Wednesday, I'd be very interested to see what Claxton does. Bruce Brown, the Shark, had 15 and 10. Baby shark, and a legitimate chance that Irving, Harden, and Durant are all out on Wednesday. So look at uh, Brown as a streamer. Also look at Mike James, who had a triple one, 11, 7, and 6. Now, and he did that while shooting 14%. Somehow he got to the line eight times but put up you know, really solid numbers. So keep an eye on him. Jeff Green had 14 and eight, while Griffin had 13, four and four. Just a weird distribution of minutes right across this one um, with Durant the uh, Durant and Harris, the only players going over 30. Harris had 17 points. Um, was pretty inefficient though, especially from three, just 29% from Smoke and Joe, who's usually a lot better than that. But I'm very intrigued with the Claxton game, the James game and the Brown game, especially if we get those blokes out tomorrow. For the Bulls, Levine had 41 points with not much else, but six triples and 56% shooting is excellent. While D Vanilla Tice returned, had 10 and six in his 21 minutes. 
Kobe White, another rough shooting night, just 35%, but 16-3-4 is good in terms of volume. And Pat Williams, the two blocks, really good. Really nice, his ability to get defensive stats, but just doesn't do enough otherwise. 5-1-0 in 23 minutes is terrible, while Thad Young had 4-9-3 with a steal and a block. Still took 10 shots, only hit two of them, but really hard to look at him as must roster, while Markinen played only the 19 minutes, and Sadoransky just 11 minutes. Pretty rough minutes distribution there for Sato, who had been an interesting assist streamer, but obviously you're not getting much in terms of streaming when you only play 11 minutes, as he did in this one. The next game we look at is the Sixers losing to the Pacers. Joel Embiid set this one out, and we finally got a good Ben Simmons game. 20-8 and eight with seven assists and two steals, while the thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. 27 and 5 with two threes. Good to see a bit of a bounce back from him. Another impressive Tyree Ma- Tyrese Maxi game. 11 points, two rebounds, three assists, one steal, two blocks. Now, I don't know where he fits on this team in the playoffs, where his rotation role is. There was no uh, Thibel, there was no Corkmars, and there was no Shake Milton in this game. But I really think he can develop into a long term starter for the Sixers. Even with no Joel Embiid, it was disappointing from Howard to play only 21 minutes, four and seven with two blocks, while prison Mike Scott played 26 minutes. I guess that's probably why you lose if you're going to play Scott that much. Seems a ludicrous decision. While Seth Curry had 10 points in a lot of minutes, 34 minutes for him with two threes. Has been playing well, did not play particularly well here in this one. So we'd hope for Seth to do uh, a little bit more than that as we move forward. I still think that he can be a 12-team league guy without being an absolute guaranteed must roster. Of course, it's the Pacers, so big minutes and big numbers for Sabonis. 40 minutes, 16, 13, and 15. And the same for Karis Levert, 40 minutes, 24, 7, and 5 with two steals. We had Justin Holiday back in the starting lineup. He was in there because Brogdon and then uh, Sumner and then Aaron Holiday were all out. And he had a good game for once. 16 points, 3 threes a block. I'm not adding Justin Holiday, but it was good. While O'Shea Brissett had three steals and a block, missed all six of his shots, but those defensive numbers are nice for deep league streaming. Timothy John McConnell, only one assist. That's pretty disappointing. While Dougie McDirt had 20 points on a 31% usage, which is an insane high, insanely high usage for McDermott. But... Um, yeah, the scoring volume is pretty good there. Goga had his two blocks, missed all four of his shots. His field goal percentage has been a disaster the last two games, but he's still racking up the blocks, which is useful. While Keelan Martin, whose big game yesterday was a big surprise, he was not able to maintain that, not not surprisingly at all. Six points in 19 minutes for Keelan, but the Pacers get that win uh, on the back of Sabonis and Levert and their uh, high level of play. All right, let's go on to this next game now. The Orlando Magic 102, the Milwaukee Bucks 114. Flaming Mo Wagner. Solid game. 28 minutes, 17 and 13 with two threes. He's going to be starting the rest of the way, you would think, uh, with the Tumor Kiki officially ruled out for the rest of the year. Um, he's up and down, obviously, but this is a good, good game. And if you're looking for some points and threes with some boards, occasional block, he's a guy for you. Mo Bumble was out with an illness, so Wendell Carter Jr. returned, played 31 minutes, and had 8 and 14. A rough shooting night from Carter, but the four assists are nice. Just everything else is a little bit empty there. But, you know, we'll see how he goes and how those minutes go with him and Bumba. I'm not con- I'm not absolutely convinced that they're going to play him 30 minutes a night if Bumba's ready to go. 30 minutes for Cole Anthony here, though. 18 points, not a lot else there. While RJ Hampton struggled somewhat, 11, 4, and 5. And the sharp Dwayne Bacon was in weird form. Five points on 29% shooting. That's very sharp. You'll say that. But it was only 14% usage. He had seven rebounds and four assists. That is very unsharp-like. Of course, to you know, make sure that we didn't completely get confused, he was a minus 16, which was a team worst. 
But yeah, some weird weird numbers there. Um, yeah, a really hard one to gauge here with this Magic team. Um, I still think we're holding on to Hampton. We are looking at, at Wagner as an option. Um, Wendell is maybe a 12-team league guy. I'm, just, I'm not convinced there. Cole Anthony is someone I would hold, but some weird stuff going on. Now, the Bucks, I thought they would rest their guys, and they sort of did, but not really. 27-12 and 12 for Yanni in 32 minutes with five assists and three steals. Giannis and Tokatomatu. The Big Ragu continued his strong run, 19 points with three threes, while Holiday had 15, 4, and 2, and 2 steals. And even Punch Bob got in on the act. Bobby Portis had 10 and 15 in 21 minutes. The extra minutes there are probably a little bit of a surprise. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be adding Portis unless it's a streamer if someone sits. Connaughton had 3 and 9, while Middleton struggled. 11 points on 20% shooting. That's pretty bad. No threes, no steals, no blocks, but 7 rebounds and 5 assists. Just, I don't know. If there was ever a game that was the wettest fart out there, shout out to the shot. I feel like this game was it. There's just not a lot of exciting takeaways to get from it. Maybe I'm just being too dour in my uh, analysis. But I don't know. There just, just wasn't a game that really got me excited. All right, let's go to the next game. The Phoenix Suns fall to the Warriors. They were up in the fourth quarter with not very much time to go, but the Warriors somehow get the win, 122-116. The Warriors are rolling at the moment. The Suns probably kissing their chances of the number one seed goodbye. Chris Paul, 24-10 and 10 with two threes, and Booker was great, 34-7-4. But most of that damage was done in the third quarter. Jay Crowder returned to the starting lineup. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. He was really good. I don't know why it took this long to put him into the starting lineup. 20 points with six triples. Of course, it came on just nine shots at 67%, so he's just as likely to go one of nine in the next game, but he does have some value as a points and threes option. While DeAndre Ayton and the case of the very, very small usage, eight points in 32 minutes on 9% usage. He blocked two shots, but I... I don't think it was very good. I just some defensive lapses continues to just confound us in terms of the production. Cameron Payne was good, only seven points, but six assists, a triple one. He's like a top 100 player, top 110 player over the last two weeks, at least 14 team league value. While McCall Bridges, amazingly, is a top 15 player over the last two weeks, but he was shit. Six, two, and two with zero threes, zero steals, and a block. He's been carrying us, but uh, yeah, didn't really pay off in this one. Not a great game for the Warriors. 11, 10, and 11 for Draymond with four steals. He was great. Andy Wiggins was amazing. 74% shooting, 38 points, seven rebounds, three assists. Wigo was fantastic in this one. Well, Jordan Poole only played the 20 minutes, but got hot. 20 points, and that's what he does. He can be a points and three streamer for that. While Bazemore was solid as well. 17 points, three rebounds, two assists, a steal. They have some 12-team league value. Curry, not at his best. 21 points on 32% shooting, but hit a you know, key shot down the end, six assists, a steal. Not too bad for a bloke that's been actually unbelievable over the course of the season. And Toscano Anderson in 30 minutes was great too. Seven, five, and six. Continues to be, amazingly, a top 70 player over the last two weeks. He does have 12-team league value. There is some talk that Pascal might return on Friday, but they shouldn't play Pascal at all. Toscano Anderson is a significantly better player than him, in my opinion, and he is at least providing 14-team league value. And amazing, how good, how good have the Warriors been? since Wiseman got hurt. And that is absolutely no coincidence. Um, they can play lineups that make sense and uh, players that actually can help you win games. And that's exactly what they're doing at the moment. And they are, they're they going to be really, really dangerous in the eight or seven seed, depending on where they end up. Uh, 4-0 over their last four games. Let's move on now to the next game. This wasn't quite as close. The Thunder and the Kings, 106-122. Really, it, it just did come down to one quarter, the third quarter, where the Kings really outscored them. The Thunder actually outscored the Kings outside of that third quarter. They were without a point guard. Ty Jerome was out. Teo Maladon was out. 
Shea Gildas-Alexander was, of course, out. Lou Dort was out. Not that he's a point guard, but he was out. So Kenrich Williams, the Oklahoma City mudflap, started at point guard. Had 20 points, four threes, four assists, four steals, and two blocks. That is an absolutely stellar line. But the problem is, is that Williams, we don't even know that he's going to play next game because they put him in and out of the rotation. It's great. And watch if he starts, but I can't guarantee that. Sfima Luke had 14 points with three assists and three steals. Good game from him. While Baisley was just dreadful. 18 points looks great. Five rebounds and five assists. That's all really good. But 23% shooting? This dude's the 284th ranked player over the last two weeks. Fine for points leagues. Category leagues, he's just killing you so bad in that field goal. 83 from the line is also really good though. Tony Bradley had been in the wilderness. He came back, played 17 minutes, 10 and 6, while the C part of Moses Brown had 10 and 13 in 27 minutes. Brown looks like he's trending more towards high 20s in minutes, which has some value if you need those big man stats. Not a great night from Gabrielle Deck. I could barely recognize my own dick. Eight points in 19 minutes, while Pokyashevsky was rough. 10-3-2. I don't think that Poku is a must-roster 12-team league player. For the Kings, Dylan Wright is. He continues to be amazing. 21-4-8, four steals and five threes and 73% shooting. This is a guy that I've loved for a long time. Wanted him more minutes in Toronto. Went to Memphis and had that really strong run. I thought he was ex- going to be excellent in Dallas last year, and he was shithouse. I thought he'd be good in Detroit this year, and he was shithouse until uh, guys got injured and got hurt. And then he went to Sacramento, and he was shithouse. But when he gets the ball in his hands, he's unbelievable. And we've seen that again here. Terrence Davis, 27 points, five threes, two steals, 31 minutes. I don't think Fox is coming back. I don't think Barnes is coming back. I'm not sure Bagley's going to play again. He was injured in this one. Davis has some 12-team league value. Probably more 14, but there is some 12-team value there. Heald had 21-3-6, while Chemezi Metu started in place of Barnes slash Bagley. And he had 11-5-2 with two steals and a block. Some okay numbers. Harkless remains an excellent streamer. One steal, three blocks, 15 points. He's providing some okay numbers. While Rashawn Holmes was all right, but nothing spectacular. Um, as I said, uh, Bagley was out with a late scratch due to some soreness in his groin. Like he, I don't think he's worth holding. He's not good enough to hold with the uncertainty of if he's going to play or when. He- all right, let's go on to that last game of the night. What a cracker. The Lakers beat the Knicks 101-99 in overtime with just... I don't know, just crazy shit going on, really. Taylor Horton Tucker with horrible plays and then game-winning threes and Julius Randle banging in three. It was it was insane. Let's talk Derek Rose, who played 39 minutes. He had 27-6-6, six six, a key steal down the stretch, three of them in total with a block. He's been unbelievably good. Like, unbelievable. Top top 60 player over the last two weeks. Minutes through the roof. Unbe- just He's been so good. And defensively, Unbelievably uh, improved as well. Great stuff. Julius Randle, the double royal. <laughs> Carrying, as usual, a, a huge load. Giggity. 31, 8, and 5 with four triples. In a subpar shooting, again, which is a consistent theme for him. 42% from the field, but he did hit 50% of his threes, four of eight. Just really struggled on the twos. Um, but otherwise, yeah, some pretty good numbers. Well, without Emmanuel quickly and no Alec Burks, Frank Nilakina played 23 minutes. He had nine points, three threes, two steals, and a block. Now, he should play every single second that Alfred Payton plays. And I cannot understand for the life of me why we still get these 14 bullshit nonsense minutes from Payton. But we do. And Neil Keen is out of the rotation. But I thought he looked pretty good in this one, Frank, but no real fantasy value there. Um, Reggie Bullock played 46 minutes and had five points. That's terrible. He is a three-point streamer, and he's getting just every minute almost possible in the world. 
But you know, two of nine shooting for five points is obviously not going to cut it. Noel wasn't at his best in this one, just four points with a block, or Gibson had eight and seven with a steal, but nothing much out of those centers for the Lakers. Alex Caruso had to leave the game early. He only played seven minutes um, and uh, then left. Zero points in that time. Um, we don't know exactly when Schroeder is coming back or LeBron. They, you know, LeBron could be back tomorrow. Um, so Caruso's value now with this uh, foot soreness, he might not play Wednesday. He can be a drop. But Taylor Horton Tucker stepped up, started a point guard, and honestly had some horrendous moments. Seven turnovers. He had two turnovers in the last like minute of overtime, and then hit a key three to end up with 13, 5, and 10, two steals and two threes. That's great value. If LeBron, Caruso, Schroeder are out tomorrow, he's an excellent streamer. KCP continues his, his value run. Uh, 8.7 rebounds, six assists, two threes, one steal, two blocks. Really good numbers, especially in the points and threes where he continues to play well. And, you know, if I shit on this bloke continually, I'll say when he had a good game because Andre Drummond had a good game. 36 minutes, 16 and 18 with two blocks. Efficient from the field, still stunk from the line, but the rebounds were there, the minutes were there. He played really well. Montrez Harrell didn't. Five points in five minutes. He is a clear, clear must drop. He's not very good. I don't think he plays in most playoff games. Um, yeah, not, not worth it. While Anthony Davis, yeah, it wasn't great. 20 and 6, 4 assists, didn't hit a 3, 35%. Definitely did not continue the form from the last game, but yeah, not too bad. Well, Kuzma was strong, 23 points with 4 triples in it in a really high volume game. But of course, when LeBron plays and Schroeder plays, he doesn't get these minutes, doesn't get these opportunities, he doesn't get that usage, so the value for him is pretty low. Wes Matthews sent the game to overtime with a nice little uh, put back on an offensive board, 8 points in 24 minutes for him as the starter. That'll do it for all of the all the games from Tuesday. Let's look at the top ads and drops over the last 24 hours. Kyrie Thomas up 11%. Absolutely worth taking that flyer. Same with Jackson Hayes up 10%. I don't really understand Jared Vanderbilt being added in 8% of leagues. I, I wouldn't worry with him. Brandon Clark up 7 It made sort of sense, and he's really delivered with the defensive stats, but I don't think that he's a must roster. And then Malik Beasley. That's got to be keeper leagues because I don't really think Malik is coming back this season. In terms of drops, Josh Hart down 8.5%. I don't know why there was a... Um, a sudden urge now to drop Josh Hart. He's been uh, he's been droppable for weeks, but apparently everyone decided now was the time to uh, to push Josh Hart out of the uh, out of the rotation. But but there we are. Um, we're out of their lineups. Um, Daniel Gafford down eight percent because Scott Brooks is Scott Brooks. Isaiah Roby down eight. Sure. DeAndre Hunter down six. Yep. I don't think he should have been added in the first place. And then Kent Bazemore down six. I would still have held on to Bazemore, and he played all right today. Let's look at the top ten players under fifty percent rostered. The Oklahoma City mudflap Kenrich Williams was great. But again, does he play every game? Maybe, maybe not. But we'll just watch the injuries. He can be a streamer there. Terrence Davis in Sacramento is a solid streamer. And I think Saban Lee has that value too in Detroit. Fred Gillespie in uh, Toronto, assuming everyone remains out. He can be a block streamer. Mike James, just watch to see if Kyrie or Harden are out on Wednesday. James could have a big role. Jay Crowder has value. Bruce Brown has value. Chemezi Metu, just watch for Bagley. But he can be at least a 14-team league guy. Terrence Mann, I'm not convinced, plays every game. And then Cody Zeller, who's had two really big games in a row. But again, I am not 100% sure that he continues to be a usable guy. Probably more for 14-team leagues. Let's look at Wednesday's games now across the NBA. All right, let's look at the games now for Wednesday. FanDuel pricing here. Washington and Atlanta is the first one. The Hawks are four, five and a half point favorites. The total is 239 and a half, so pretty big total there. We know that Bradley Beal is out. We know that DeAndre Hunter is out as he's dealing with that return to injury back-to-back um, -back management, first game of back-to-back. -to -back. Tony Snell is also questionable, while Kevin Herter is probable. The Spurs and the Nets, well, I just don't know. The Spurs, I know that Derek White's out, and I assume everyone else will play outside of Trey Lyles. 
But for the Nets, there's whispers that James Harden might return. I don't think he will. I think he returns on Saturday, but he could return. Kyrie Irving got smashed in the face on Tuesday and had to leave the game. Will he play? It's a back-to-back, so will Kevin Durant play? Will Blake Griffin play? There's so many ups and downs. You could have all of those big three players out. You could legitimately have all three of them in. So it is really a, a tough one to get a figure on until we get more information about that. I think the most likely thing is that none of them play, and then we get Harden returning on Saturday. Kyrie gets these four or five days off, plays Saturday, Durant plays Saturday, and they all sit again on Sunday. That, that's what I think is the most likely, but we don't know at this stage. Um, no signs of concussion, though, for Kyrie, so that's uh, that's good news, but yeah, he's going to get another scan tomorrow morning to see exactly where that that uh, that ends up. So yes, obviously some big question marks there. Boston and Cleveland, it's a back-to-back for the Celtics, so does Kemba Walker sit? I would assume so. What about Rob Williams, who's still dealing with that toe? I, I doubt that he plays. While for the Cavs, Darius Garland remains out. Isaiah Hartenstein remains out. Chetty Osman is questionable. So I do think there is... Um, look, if he is in, then that makes him an interesting option. If he is out, then you're looking at your know, flyers on Broderick Thomas and Damian Dotson, and then Isaac Okoro's value boost. Kevin Love not on the injury report after resting in the last game. I'm not tired. Pelicans and the Mavericks. We've got Brandon Ingram as doubtful for New Orleans, while Steven Adams is questionable. Of course, if Adams is out, Hernan Gomez and Hayes both get a boost. With Ingram not likely to play, you're going to get Najee Marshall and James Johnson and Nikhil Alexander-Walker getting a boost there. The Pelicans and the Jazz, no Conley, no Mitchell. Don Mitchell's out for the rest of the season. He's gone. He's good. And by rest of the season, I mean rest of the regular season. Um, I reckon that'll be the case for Conley, but they haven't said that yet. The Blazers, Carmelo Anthony's not on the injury report, but Nasir Little is questionable. While the last game, the Rockets and the Lakers, no Kevin Porter Jr. He's out, you know, looking after his cousins. Um, we've got no Avery Bradley, but we have Daniel House, Christian Wood, and Daquan Jeffries listed as questionable. We also have Sterling Brown, who is out. There's still so much that can change here, but you know, Kenyon Martin should get big minutes. Kelly Linick will get his big minutes. But what they do in terms of guys like Jeffries, um, Armani Brooks, Anthony Lamb, uh, Cameron Oliver, those sort of players, uh, be still up in the air with these three guys who could get significant minutes. Not sure. Kyrie Thomas, the other one. I think he'll still get 28 to 30, though, Kyrie. But some uh, more value could open up with guys like House, Wood, and Jeffries potentially not playing. In terms of value, Joe Harris is at 3700 There's just real good upside value in that. I like Bertans at a cheap price. I like Gobert. I like Capella down at 76 Um I didn't even mention LeBron. I don't know if LeBron will play. It's a back-to-back. He didn't play Tuesday. Maybe he plays for the Lakers. Sorry, I should have mentioned that. Uh, Tatum I like quite a bit. I like James Johnson, Hal Neto, Marcus Smart with Kemba out, or likely out. Najee Marshall, Tristan Thompson. Um, LeBron at 8-9 could be very interesting, but I wouldn't you know, bank everything on that. Uh, George Niang has upside. Kyrie's probably too high. Trey Young, I do like. Lonnie Walker, I, I like also. And Kyrie Thomas at 45. Could work out for us. Guys, don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. But on YouTube, hit the thumbs up, hit the notification bell, hit the subscribe button, and leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.